Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Come on, shout it out. Praise the Lord. Amen. Come on, man. You ain't scared, are you? Say, I ain't scared. Praise the Lord. Man. Come on, man. I ain't ashamed. And me neither. Me neither, man. Ever since, man, I gave my life to Christ about 26 years ago now, man, I have been wanting to tell everybody why I did it. All right? I've been wanting to tell everybody how much he loves them. I've been wanting to tell everybody how good God is and how amazing he is, how real he is, how alive he is, how big Jesus is. Amen? I ain't scared. I ain't ashamed, man. And ever since. But I, but I remember. I remember that first year got a little confusing for me. All right? It did. It got confusing. Oh, what is up? All right, I got a little confusing for me, man. I was tripping because I had a little bit, I had some identity issues, right? I remember uh, uh, that first year I gave my life to Christ. Man, I wanted to tell everybody, but I was kind of like hesitant because I didn't really know what was up. Me and my, my pastor, my pastor one day, we were at, this, at the hospital. We're visiting the hospital, right? And, we're, and, and we saw some kids just kicking back out in front of the hospital, just smoking some cigarettes and stuff like that, right? Just kind of hanging out. And I wanted, to, I wanted to talk to those kids, man. I wanted to let them know how loved they were, but I didn't do it. I didn't do it, man. And I was like, and it wasn't because I was ashamed. It wasn't because I was scared, man. It was because I was having an identity issue. You see, I had just come out of a lifestyle that, that, just, that was just not good, all right? It was just really messed up, man. I was just crazy. And I was, trying to, I was trying to just eliminate everything from that lifestyle or everything in my life that would remind me of that lifestyle, I started eliminating music. I started eliminating, you know, movies and shows and the ways I talked and stuff like that. And then it got real crazy. All right, my hair was a little bit longer back then than here. I cut it all off. All right, I cut all my hair off. I had these big old whips that would come down here. I braid them because <laughs> they look cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that. All right, I told my wife one day, I'm going to go get a haircut. She said, all right. She wasn't expecting whatever, man, because I came back looking just like this. Look at, boom. That was me. <laughs> Not even kidding. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> All right? And she was tripping. She was like, what the heck, man? What happened to my husband? And I'm not even kidding, man. I went, to, I went to a third day concert in San Diego that first year after I had did this to myself. All right? Not saying there's anything wrong with that. But for me, it just wasn't me. I went to the third day concert. Lead singer, Mac Powell, put me on blast because I was right up front. I was like, yeah. And he was like, who invited Eric Estrada to the concert? <laughs> right? I was like, oh, dude, for real? But I was having, I was having these, these, <laughs> these identity issues. I'm sorry for that. Eric's going to have to forgive me. I don't even know the dude. But anyways... <laughs> I'm with my pastor. We're walking out of that out of, out of that hospital. You know what I'm saying? And 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 and, and, uh, and that picture just cracked me up right now. Um, he's just right, real happy to be himself. All right, um, we should be. Anyways, uh, coming out, man. My pastor was like, "Hey, dude, you know what?" And he's seeing me struggle because he could tell that I wanted to go talk to these kids. And he said to me, he said, man, see, if you didn't cut your hair, you didn't do all that stuff to yourself, you didn't change your, you know, the way you look, um, you'd be able to bebop right up to those, those kids. He said, just like that, bebop. I don't even know what that means. All right? He said, you'd be able to bebop right up to those kids and talk to them about Jesus. Right? And, and, and you know, when I, when I heard that, I, there, were, there was something, there was a lot wrong with what he just said. But there was something that was right. 
Okay, there was a lot wrong with what he said, man, because, because you know, when, you, when, you're, when you're thinking that, 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 that who you pretend to be on the outside is the main attraction to who is dwelling inside of you, all right, there's a problem. When you think that you, that, you know, that you got to get all shiny, all right, I thought I had to shine myself all up. I had to just kind of like get real shiny on the outside, all right, so, so, so people would listen to me. All right, but the problem with that is, you know, you know, and I don't think we really consider this sometimes, and I'm not saying there's something wrong with being shiny. Man, if you're a shiny person, man, shine on. We're all supposed to shine, but in different kind of ways, and I'll get to that in a minute, all right? But, 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 but if you think, man, you know, that, that being really shiny is what we have to do to attract people who's on the inside, man, we, we lose a uh, consideration or we, we, we miss a consideration. That is, if we think that, you know, because shininess might attract shininess, but, but what does it do? It intimidates to the... It, I believe, you know, if we try to be too shiny, all right, and just polish up the outside, not pay attention to the inside, it can intimidate those people who are having a hard time being shiny in the first place. All right? I don't know if that made any sense, but it made a lot of sense to me. All right? <laughs> Here's what I know, man, is that God created you. He created me, all right, uh, to be exactly who he created you and me to be, right? He created you to be you. Created me to be me. He didn't create you to be me or me to be you. And that's what I was trying to do. You can see my pastor looked exactly like that, except he was a white guy, right? I was Mexican. I probably have, could pull it off a lot easier, all right? But he had the glasses, had the haircut, the feathered look and stuff. I thought, I just need to look like that. Get some slacks, put on a shirt, got a tie. I couldn't, my neck was hanging out the sides of my shirt because I didn't know they made collar sizes back then. I didn't know that. I just thought I needed a tie. All right, I was trying to shine up outside, man, and it wasn't working. My wife was like, just stop. Right? Here's some Levi's, quick. Put them on. A T-shirt. Go. All right? All right. I feel better. All right? But that's just, you know, he made you to be you and me to be me. So there was a lot wrong with that sense, but there was a little something right. I believe that there was a little something right. And that is that the real you, is basically what he's trying to say, is the real you is going to create a better pathway to the one who lives inside of you. Way better than the person you keep trying to pretend to be. The real you is going to create a way better pathway to the one who lives inside of you, if he lives there, than the person we create to be. I quote this so many times, man, because it's like sticking up in my office and you guys are over again. should be able to have this one by heart, man. That we, we cannot know the depth of, of Jesus' love unless we are willing to face the fact that he knows us completely. You cannot know the depth of, of the love of Jesus Christ for you uh, unless you are willing to face the fact that he knows you completely. He knows you through and through. Otherwise, we are fooled into believing that he must love the people that we pretend to be and not the sinners that we actually are. Get it right, right? This is the beauty of the gospel. This is why I can totally agree with the apostle in, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Father, we give you a praise. This is your word, and we just wanted to say thank you. Guide us, Lord God, for your glory. This is why I can give, you know, just get along with Apostle Paul when he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, amen? I'm not ashamed of this, man. I'm not ashamed of the God, for it is the power of God for salvation for the Jew first and then to the Greek, all right? For those who believe, all right? It is the power of God for salvation, for real saving life, for really saving a life, not just saving from a disaster, not just saving from a bad circumstance, not just saving from, from something that might happen or has happened or is happening, all right? But saving from a whole life of emptiness 
an alienation from, a, from, 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 the, from, the, from the God who created you and the purpose he created you for. He says, I am not ashamed of that. I'm not embarrassed of that. I don't have remorse for that. Because he loved me right where I was and brought me right to where he is. Do you understand that? He loved me right where I was. In the, I mean, I was literally in, in, in the mud, in the dirt, in, in the filth. And he loved me right in the middle. When I thought I was unlovable, when you thought that there was no reason to love you. Some of us even today say, man, I don't even love myself. All right? Well, it's a good thing. Yeah, you know, God's standards are a little lower than yours. <laughs> right? <laughs> Think about it. Because <laughs> he loves you <laughs> right where you're at. Right there. This is the gospel. He loves you right in the midst of your filth and your junk. And he loves you enough to pull you out of that and bring you right to where he is, which is amazing. He loves you to bring it right out where he is. No, no one can do that, man. No one can do that for you. No one can do that for me. Nobody can do that except for the almighty God who loves you through his son, Jesus Christ, through the, through, yes, man, praise the Lord. All right? Through his death, through his burial, through his resurrection, through his ascension, through his sending of the Holy Spirit, and through his return, the gospel of Jesus that we believe. So I'm not ashamed to, to live it out loud. I'm not ashamed to give it out loud. I'm not ashamed to tell it out loud. I'm not ashamed to invite others into it out loud. Amen. All right, for in it, look at verse 17, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteousness, the righteous shall live by faith. Man, we have been asking you this question, all right, that, that dwells in this faith continuum, all right, because we're all in the middle of what we would call a faith continuum. There is, there is pre-faith, all right, I haven't given my life to Christ yet. There is that initial faith, giving my life to Christ, all right, the power of salvation to save a life, all right, and now we are living this life. I'm trying to pursue a life as a, as a disciple, a life of holiness, but we also have, so, so we have a life of faithfulness, all right, that is, that is moving forward and, can, and got our eyes on faith, the things that have not happened yet, the promises of God, that because he kept these promises, we know these ones, they're bound to come true, man. They just happen to happen, they haven't happened yet. So we live on this, this faith continuum of, of uh, you know, and this is what he means, you know, the, the basically the righteous will live from faith to faith. For faith, as it is written, the righteous, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm, way, I'm, I'm really excited. <laughs> All right? Some of you guys are going, sorry, it's not coffee. It's just a good time right now, amen? Praise the Lord. All right, let me slow it down. All right. Hmm. Uh, you know what I need? <laughs> you know what it is? Is my chair is gone. Usually my chair calms me down. <gasps> Calm down. I see the chair. So it's not there. So <laughs> too bad. Right? <laughs> right on. It says, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith into faith. All right? In faith, for faith, and faith to come. And the righteous shall live by faith. That's why I've been asking you this question for the past couple of months. Are you the church? Are you the church, man, that trusts that whole gospel that I just shared? 
Are you the church that is, is recognizing things that try to get bigger than God in your life and you just you knock them down to the ground? You say, not here, man. You're not gonna get bigger than my God because this, this ain't possible. Are you the church that pursues a different life that makes a difference in life? A life that, that lives to all right, to a life, I'm sorry, excuse me, a life that lives in faith, all right, a life that, that, that the righteous shall live by faith, a life that lives in faith, that gives from faith, all right, that tells of faith and invites into this faith. It's a life of faith. It's a complete life of faith. It's not just like, yeah, I believe, I go to church, I got a t-shirt, all this cool stuff. This is some good songs once in a while. No, man, it's a life of faith. In faith, lives, lives in faith, gives from faith, tells of faith, and invites into this faith. Not ashamed to be the church. Here's what I know, man. I'll put this up there for you. If we're going to be the church, right? Be the church and not just go to church or not just try to go to this church or try this church and go into, if we're not going to, if we're, we're not going to, if we're going to be the church, then our aim needs to constantly be to make the gospel of Jesus Christ known in both actions and words. We need to let this be known. The safest place to talk about Jesus is right here, ain't it? But it's still hard, ain't it? It's still hard. Do you know what the number one fear of Christian people today is? The number one fear of Christian people today is rejection from other people when they share Jesus. So it's literally sharing Jesus as their number one fear. Because they want people to reject them when they tell people about Jesus. The, mass, the vast majority of people are, are afraid to share. But what we're told to do this, man, Jesus said, go and make disciples. And an angel of the Lord told the disciples, you know, go out in the temple, stand, speak and tell others of the words of this life. Speak about this life. We're told to do this, but yet we're like, wait a second, I'm scared. And I know it, man. I know the, I know the tension because we're, 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 nobody wants to be called a hypocrite. All right, but I saw, you know what, man? I just, that's why I'm completely honest. A lot of times I come up here and I'll share some stuff, man. I just messed up. I, I sinned this week, you know what I mean? And I'll share some stuff with you guys because you know what? I don't have this wrapped, you know what I mean? But I am looking, man. I'm too, you know, this is our world, man. Our pursuit is to, is to pursue this life of holiness, to pursue a different life that makes a difference in life. That's our pursuit. And I, I you know, and I, and I know the struggle, man, because it's, you know, we, 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 we're afraid, to tell people about this life. And I wonder, don't get too crazy with this, I wonder if the main reason that we're not sharing this life is because we aren't really living a life we're sharing. Think about it, man. I'm not trying to put anybody down, all right, because I challenge myself with this so often. Like, dude, are you living a life that's worth sharing? Are you living a shareable life? Oh, you know, an imitatable life. Are you living a life that shows Jesus. Because when, here's the other side of that tension. You know, we'll, then we'll, we'll find out that there's a lot of people who do share the, the Lord, 
But then you look over the shoulder and you don't see Jesus anywhere. And because there are so many of those people in the world, we get afraid. And I'm telling you, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be ashamed. We're not called to be afraid. We're not called to be ashamed. We're not called to be embarrassed. We're not called to have any remorse because we've given our life to Christ. We're called to live powerful lives for Jesus, fully alive, man. If anybody should be the most fully alive people on the planet, it's you and me, fully alive, knowing what it means to be exactly alive. Amen? You know, one, 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 uh, when we, one Brennan Manny, another quote I share often, he says, you know, a lot of times we have this struggle because, you know, the single cause, single cause, greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians, all right, who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. That's what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And so we find this tension, you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of people, all right, that are just kind of like painting us with a bad brush. And sometimes we grab the brush and do a little painting ourselves, all right? And, and I get it, right? You know what I mean? I don't, I'm not saying that that's okay. I just mean that's that's what repentance is, is for, and that is why we live a life of repentance, all right? But there was another guy, St. haagen I think it was, or something like that. He was, uh, uh, you, you get all those dudes mixed up, man, because they're like, I don't know there's something, but I can't remember the name. All right, he shared one time, um, he said, he said <laughs> there was another a real guy, I don't know if he was the ice cream guy or not, but uh, I doubt it, all right? But he said, you know, share the gospel at all times, and if, and if, and if you have to, use words. That's what he said. All right? and, and you know, that sounds good, that sounds good, but, but it's not entirely right. Because you have to use words to share the gospel. Yes, you need to live out the gospel. The life you're living should, should precede the, the words that you're spitting. Or maybe not spit, but you know what I'm talking about. It's language. Some of you guys, you spit, yeah, well, you know, no, you know what I'm talking about. I, I, can't, I can't, okay, a slang, break it, praise the Lord. So the life you're living, um, forget all that. Let's just keep going, all right? You got to use words, man, but you, but, but, but you know what? You got to live a life that invites those words to the conversation. You, you, got, you must live a life that invites those words to the conversation because too many times you see people just bam, 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 bam. I mean, it's like nobody even invited you and you're getting all crazy with these words. And so I want to share with you, because sharing the gospel is very energized, it's very exciting, but it's also very scary because, you know, like I said, it's the biggest fear that we all have. You know, but I want to share with you four, four things, all right? Four main keys to effectively share the gospel, all right? The faith that, that has changed the life and hopefully has changed your life. Four things, all right? And, and, and you would think that the first thing I want to tell you is get out there and just start talking to people about Jesus. No, 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 no. It's actually one of the last things I want to tell you to do. Of these four things, to effectively share the gospel, number one thing, the number one thing you must do is live this life. Live this life. The first thing you need to do is you, you need to live this life, Jesus said it like this. He says, and this is Jesus. He says, look, man, all right, you, know, you are the light of the world. I've given you my Holy Spirit. Boom, it is, he, is, he is alive inside you. There should be a huge difference about you now. All right, it shouldn't be life as usual. You are the light of the world now. 
He says, he says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people put a light, uh, a light lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand so that it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, he says, let your light shine. Let your light and let your life shine before others so they can see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I've asked you this before, and I'm going to continue to ask you this probably as long as you are listening or ever hearing me. What story does your life tell? What story is your life telling, man? And who's getting the credit for that story? See, that's probably one of the most important questions. There are so many important questions we can be asking each other. But that is a huge one. Man, what story does your life tell? Your life, not your mouth. Not all, not all, not all your, but what story is your life, your day-to-day, man? You're waking up, you're going to sleep, you're going to work, you're coming and going and being involved in other people's lives, your relationship. What life is your story telling? And who's getting the credit for that story? And I know right now, man, we can look at that question and we're looking for all the good things, man, but we know there's some junk in there, all right? And you know, I'm right here with you and stuff, but, but, but here's even a, a more challenging question. All right, that may be the story right now. What story do you want your life to tell by this time next year? By this time next year, all right, Palm Sunday, a week before Easter, what story would you have liked to have uh, been created in your life this, this, in this one year? I want to challenge you to something. Write that down. Ma'am, by this time next year, man, this is the story I want my life to tell. And here's who I'm going to give the credit. Number one key in sharing the gospel is living a life that is not ashamed of the gospel. Is living that life. Early on, man, I was challenged and so, with so many things that I was used to doing and not doing because they weren't glorifying God. It wasn't a holier than thou, I'm better than you. No, I just want to be better than me. It's all, man. And so the story I want to tell next year wants to be a better story than I'm telling today. That's it. <clears throat> write the question down. I'm telling you, man. Dude, write the question down and then, and, then, and then put some answers to that question and then open up a dang calendar, all right? And say, by October, I want to be doing this. All right, this is the story that this life is gonna tell. By December, all right, by March, all right, by next April, boom, here's the story. And God is gonna get the credit because you're gonna put some impossible things down. All right, impossible life things down. And it's like this, and they're gonna point just to Jesus, not you. I challenge you, man. These are great. <laughs> you're gonna tell some amazing stories. I always think, man, what are the stories I want to tell my grandchildren? What stories do I want to challenge them with? If you're living this life, you're already living a questionable life that invites questions. 
and gives you opportunities to share the gospel. It's hard to be ashamed of something that, or someone that has changed your life for the better, amen? So number one, live this life. First key to sharing the gospel is to live this life. The second key to sharing the gospel is to give this life. Is to give this life. I've got no right telling other people about the gospel and about Jesus and about what they need to do to change. I've got no right, all right, to tell others about a savior that they have not even seen in me or from me. First John chapter three, verse 17 says this, but if anyone has the world's goods, all right, and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? It's a huge statement. I mean, because right now you're thinking, dang, I just got that stimulus. Dang it. Everybody knows that I got money <laughs> right now. Dang it. Come on, man. Look what he says in verse 18. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. I want to challenge you to something, man. A faith that doesn't do anyone any good isn't any good. Are you reckon, are you tracking with me? I wish I made that up. Pretend I did. All right. A faith that doesn't do anyone any good isn't doing <clears throat> any good. My brother. Never mind. Number one, live the gospel. Number two, we need to give the gospel. All right. And number three, we need to tell others. We need to give this life. I'm sorry. We need to tell others of this life. And I, I share that with gospel because literally what I'm talking about is a gospel-centered life. It's a gospel, that's what this life is. It is a life that is centered on the death, the burial, the resurrection, the freedom that Jesus Christ has given me, all right, from the sin that was controlling my life and the death that was, you know, that was basically waiting at the end of this life, all right? And I'm free from that. And can live fully alive even though death is however far away it is or maybe right around the corner, who knows? I'm not afraid not ashamed. So I'll, I'll pursue this gospel-centered life. And so the, the keys to, to sharing this life, yes, number one is to live this life. Number two is to give this life. And number three is to tell others about this life. To tell others of this life. When, when you're living this life, when you're living it out, Telling people about it is, is, is not only more, way more believable, it's way more easier. You understand? That's why telling people about the life doesn't come first. Living the life, giving the life, has to proceed telling about the life. Because then you are living a believable life. It's not just a fairy tale. It's not just like, you know what, you need to do this. I don't, but you know what, you need to. What? 
I am telling people about this life. It's way easier. I was going to show a video, but it was just way too harsh, man. So I showed it to the teenagers instead. (laughs) I did actually a while back. (laughs) But it was this video, man, where these quote-unquote Christians went to an adult film festival with their signs, right? And they're just telling everybody, they're calling people pigs unless they turn to the gospel. They were calling them pigs, man. One person was coming up trying to talk to me. He goes, get away from me, pig. Get away from me, pig. He was calling them pigs, and he was calling them trash and whores and and, and on all these things. And he was calling them stupid people. He was on a bullhorn. Stupid people. Stupid people. I don't know that he led anybody to Jesus that day, all right? Sometimes people with signs, man, you know, the Christians with signs, just sometimes it freak me out, man. Sometimes there's a reason for a sign, a good reason for a sign. I'm not going to say there isn't, all right? But when you're holding a sign with so much hate and hurt, that's just not helpful, man. Oh, what do you think that some people, man, that, 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 you know, who share the gospel, they, they do it like they're mad at everybody who's not accepting it? Oh, what is up with that? They're like, you know, they're just angry at everybody who doesn't receive the gospel. And it just doesn't make this. It's, first of all, it's, it's not, it's not a, a representative of Christ. Because once again, Praise God that his standards were obviously lower than what you think yours are. And he came after you. And he came after me. He didn't call me stupid. He didn't call me a pig. Right? He said he, three words that changed my life, man. They were uttered to me when I was a little boy. They changed my life on a slow progression. I've told many of this before, and they were spoken by my grandmother. My grandma said, Jesus loves you. Amen. Amen. That's crazy. I've, I've been guilty, though. And some of you, I told this story to before. When I first, again, that first year, real mixed up person, all right, trying to follow, you know, figure out what I'm doing. All right, I wanted to share the gospel with everybody. Um, uh, I didn't use a bullhorn. But I got real loud, and one time, you know, my wife was telling me about this kid that's working out of work, and I said, invite him to dinner. I'm going to lead him to Jesus. Just bring him to dinner. All right, his name was Jephthah. All right, cool name. It's a biblical name. I saw the name. I was like, this guy got to know Jesus. Bring him over to dinner. She brought him to dinner, having dinner with a guy, right? The whole time he's talking, I'm just looking at him. It's coming, brother. It's coming. <laughs> All right, you're going to know Jesus, man. You're just going to know him, man. And, he, and I, didn't, I couldn't think of anything else through dinner. Finally, dinner was up. My wife, he starts talking about something else. I was like, yeah, you know what? Anyways, dude, check this out. Do you know Jesus? Do you know that he died for your sins? And he was like, what? I got that loud, that forceful. I was like, do you know this? Do you know that he loves you? And he was like, I don't know. He started getting scared. All right, because I guess I have a face that makes you kind of free. Like, like, no, seriously, do you know how much Christ loves you, man? 
He died for your sins, brother. You need to accept it. He's like, I gotta go. I go, you can't. I literally told him this. You, I, I can't let you leave until you accept Christ. He used to, I just saw a little tear. You know what I mean? <laughs> His eyes were getting watery. And, he's, and, he, but, and I made him say this prayer. <laughs> say this prayer after me. Debbie, raise your hands. She's like, shut up. You're an idiot. Right? Like, and I was like, and he, and he, he said, okay, I accept. Can I go? <laughs> Dude, I didn't see that dude for three years, all right? It was crazy, man. But over those three years, God challenged me and grew me. And when I saw him again three years later, he actually went and jumped on a fishing boat in Alaska right after that, all right? All right? Yeah, I don't know. And uh, he did. Seriously, he was on a fishing or a crab boat or something like that. What do they do in Alaska? And he came back three years later, and I saw him. And I apologized, you know, obviously, for that. And I just let him know that that was not the way that that should go. Three years later, he ended up truly giving his life to Christ through an invitation of love, an invitation of, 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 of relationship. I'm glad that story ended that way, boy. Uh, it took three years for that story to end, but I mean, anyways, all right? But here's what I knew, man, that the closer that we get to Jesus, the easier it is for your heart to speak his heart into the hearts of others. The closer we get to Jesus, the easier it is for your heart, for our hearts to speak his heart into the hearts of other people. You ever talk about that? Like, you ever start talking to somebody, man, about Christ? Man, you're, you're living the life, you're giving the life, and now you're actually talking about the life, and he's starting to share things through your mouth that you're like tripping out, like, man, this is good. You hit the recorder on your phone, they don't know it. You know what I mean? You're like, just like talking some stuff, you know? And my, 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 spiritual, my spiritual pop, Danny Morales, um, shared with me, um, a little while, not too long ago, well, what that was. He shared with me a scripture where Jesus Christ himself, he said, he said in, in John chapter seven, verse 38, he says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And that's what he's talking about. The closer you get to Jesus, Right? The closer our heart gets to his heart, the easier it is for his heart to speak through our heart to the hearts of other people, man. And it's just these, this living water comes out, man. Because you're living the life and you're given the life. And now you have the spiritual authority, the moral authority, the Jesus authority to tell others of this life. Amen? So number one, yeah, live this life. Number two, give this life. Number three, tell others of this life. And finally, number four, <clears throat> now we invite others into this life. We invite others into this life. You see, life changes not because, and I've shared this with you a few weeks ago, life changes not because we invited someone to church, but because you invited them into your walk with Christ. Invitation isn't only by conversation. Invitation is, is by a, a relationship that we have. Personally, I think I have the coolest family on the planet, 
All right, my kids are amazing, all right? Yeah, a lot of them have some struggles. A couple of them are struggling really, really bad right now. Can use some prayers, all right? Uh, my grandkids, amazing. They're just so funny. They're so fun to be around. I love bringing people around my family and just watching them really get them. You know what I mean? My wife is so awesome to be around and, and to hang out with and get to know. I mean, they're just, they're just we're, we're a pretty private family, but if we let you in, all right, you know, it's pretty cool to watch, you know, how people kind of just gig with them because they're just amazing. And, and so many, and over the years, man, over the years, there's so many people that have come into our family and they just never left. They just never left, man. And it's just amazing to watch because they, you know, we've invited them into a life. Now imagine having that kind of relationship with the father. You having that kind of relationship with, 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 your, with your father in heaven and then inviting people into that relationship that you have with him and, and, just, and inviting them into that life. See, the invitation isn't just to, to bring people to say a prayer. Uh, you know, okay, well, why don't you all say a prayer and this is going to do it. This is going to clench it. This doesn't clench anything. I'm going to tell you right now. All right, me telling you what to say, I don't know how well that is. It works. You praying from your heart, crying out to God, everyone who cries on the name of the Lord, all right, will be saved. If you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ, all right, that he, if you, if you believe, not because I tell you, if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross, all right, that he was buried for your sins, all right, and that he rose again in newness of life. And if you confess with your mouth that he is the Lord of your life, then you are his, man. He is yours. And then now he empowers you to live this life and to give this life and to tell others of this life and to invite other people into this relationship so they can see what this life looks like in action with him, amen? It's pretty amazing. You see, my life changed not because I went and heard an amazing speaker. And I've, 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 I've hung out with a lot of them. I've hung out with some, some really cool, amazing speakers. I've got to talk with them. I've had lunch with some of these, you know, quote unquote, super Christian speakers and stuff like that. All right. And they've always had really, really great things to say. You know, Francis Chan. All right. Uh, uh, Andy Stanley. All right. Mark Driscoll. I mean, all these different, you know, different names and stuff. My life isn't changed because, because of them. My life has changed because of guys like John Bazard, Rick Blades, Matt Litchfield, Ron Everingham, Chris Kingla. My life has changed because these men, all right, have come in because they let me share their life. And there's so many more that have let me share their life that I've been able to come apart, come alongside and just kind of look at and just kind of, and then just be invited into a love relationship of life. That, that, that changed my life. First Thessalonians chapter two says this, so being affectionately desirous of you, Paul said to the church in Thessalonica, right? You know what I'm talking about, all right? He said this, so being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you, not only the gospel of God, but our own selves, because you have become so very dear to us. We didn't just share the gospel. We shared our life, man. We shared our families. We shared our relationship with God, all right, with you. We, did, we lived the life, all right? We gave the life, all right? We would give the life. We tell of the life, and we invited you in the life, amen? All right, this is not a formula that we need to follow. This is the life that he has called us to live, amen? 
What you gonna do about that? What you gonna do about that? Amen. Got the easy part done, right? Every weekend, we get this easy part done. Get busy. Praise the Lord. Amen.